You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. YourCatholicRadioStation.com is the web address. The location, Fisher Commons, Trinity Catholic Schools, Trinity Junior High School Building, here in Dickinson, North Dakota. I am your host, along with my supervisor, director, counsel, you know, he's just about everything, uh, friend, colleague, Mike Kiedrowski. Uh, I'm your host, Father Craig Holcalter, principal here at the Trinity, high, Trinity Junior High and High School. We are on, moving on with this great show. Christopher Dodson is is with us this morning, folks. He's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, the exciting fall we have. Of course, it's an election year. You would know that unless, I mean, unless you've lost your sight and your sense of, of sense of hearing. Uh, of course, it's an election year. That thing's coming up in less than a month, uh, first week in November. Uh, Christopher Dodson, Mr. Dodson, is going to talk to us about that. He is the exec- executive director, as we all know, Christopher Dodson with us, executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Uh, blessed Monday to you, Christopher. How are you? Just fine, thanks. How are you? Uh, I, I'm doing great this morning. I want to dive right in, uh, Christopher. Uh, you know, a little barometer check on you and your life. Uh, you know, the summer uh, with the pandemic impact, what was it like? And then leading into the the election season, uh, what's, what, what was your summer like and how is your preparation going and, and, and the tasks you're doing? Talk to us about that. Summer tends to be a little slow. Everyone tends to leave, but it's different for an election year, isn't it? De- it and most definitely has to be. That, um, election activities come sooner and sooner in the calendar year every time. Um, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Um, I'm not sure, but it um, seems to be a truth now. Uh, sometimes, you know, people didn't want to talk about politics at all until after Labor Day. Now we're, you know, July, or as soon as the primary ends in June, there it seems like a general election started. It seemed way earlier this year, and I don't know if it's because of the candidates, because of COVID. Uh, were you getting there, Christopher? What, what do you have reasons for that? Can you can you play kind of a wizard for us? Why is that? Why was it so early this year? Well, in some cases, the um, the primary candidates are already chosen, especially on the uh, presidential level. I think it's the new um, that the vice president would have Democratic nomination. So when it's set up like that, you know, obviously Mr. Trump had the Republican nomination, um, so. The campaign start because there's not really a need for a primary of those. And unfortunately, in my opinion, a lot of people start their politics by that national presidential ticket. And once that's active, they get active on everything else, and they focus everything based on what's happening on the national ticket. Do you... I, I, I say that's unfortunate because uh, most of the things that affect you in life are going to be decided at the state level. If you think about your daily life, the roads you're driving on to work, the taxes you pay locally at your business, your, the schools your kids go to the, um, and your neighbors go to, mm-hmm. um, laws that you care about, about the poor, about abortion, about protecting human life, um, religious freedom, those are almost all made at the state level. And 
when we focus everything about who's at the top of the ticket of the National Party, we, we miss out and we uh, miss where we should be looking and finding out about the candidates. How, so it's October 12th, Christopher. This brings up a really great point of how, how powerfully and, and, and in some ways probably forcefully the, the national scene dictates so much as, as, you're, as you're explicitly describing uh, you know, we've lost so much time. Of course, we can't look back, but we got we got three we got three weeks left. You know, with these state matters, what are you telling people? How are you leading them in that way with that insight? Are you doing that, or you know, is it past that? And now we we got to move on. No, we still have time. If you haven't voted, you know, early voting is starting in places um, to find out where your candidates stand. Now, on our website that we've created for. Um, Catholic voter education is called yourfaithyourvote.org on our website there there's a, a lot of information that we can get to some of it but one of the easiest things that people can use is it's a list of questions that a Catholic should be concerned about that you can just click and send to your state candidates by email your, your legislative districts this year the even numbered districts for election if you live in one of those districts, you click on your candidate's name, and email will pop up with the questions, and all you're going to do is put your name on it and click send, see if your candidate responds. I think that's one of the most important qualifications of a candidate is whether they respond. Christopher, to that point, you know, uh, that is one, I'm really glad you said that, that is one, you know, concrete action uh, we as followers of Christ, as, as faithful uh, Catholics, uh, you know, own our responsibility and carry out that responsibility in the public arena. Uh, a, a, when we da- step onto the political uh, political stage or political world, or, or you know, the, the public fora, uh, offer us some more things here. W- what else, you know, to highlight candidates, challenge candidates? You know, uh, hypothetically speaking, if you haven't casted your vote yet, what else should we be doing? Really, everything starts with your faith. We act according to our faith as Catholics. We vote as Catholics according to our faith. It's called Your Faith, Your Vote because you start with your faith and and end with the vote. And we have a discussion there. uh, I think it's also been published recently in the New Earth and the Dakota Catholic Action, is you start with your faith, form your conscience, look at the issues, then examine the candidates, weigh your choices, and then vote. And unfortunately, our whole system is usually backwards. We look at what we believe and what party we belong to, and that's how we vote. Um, we've got to start with our faith and form our conscience. Christopher, why is that Why is that so powerful, do you think? You know, I'm, I'm in a high school, and, and we do our best to here at Trinity, especially with our older kids, and especially our seniors, you know, who are eligible to vote in three weeks and, and will be voting. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make that, uh, that vehicle happen. Why is that such, why is that dumped? You know, why is it reversed? And now we're standing, we're trying to do headstands and it's just like generations long of this ill of flipping that. So the last thing in our, you know, in our minds when we wake up that morning to go vote or when we send it in is our faith. You know, we're so mesmerized and trapped by the media and what, uh, regardless, you know, I'm speaking to both, 
you know, uh, uh, both Republicans and Democrats on, on both parties. Where does that come from? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know if you had the answer, um, you'd win the lotto. Happens. And sometimes, sometimes I think there are, and please understand this better than I do, but um, we have almost primordial things that are built into us because of the fall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and creation. And I think one of those is the tendency to tribalize, to divide things in the party, to as a way to blind us to our faith. I think Christ tells us love what is the two greatest commandments. You know, love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. It's all. And the second commandment, by the way, is, is one that has political consequences because it has to love your neighbor as yourself. It's trying to set a strength there that this is, this is what it means to be a Christian. All of our lives are not according to our gut instincts. Our, there's a difference, and I say that because there's a difference between conscience and gut. And mm-hmm. People get that confused. Mm-hmm. Gut instinct is when you, when you want to hit somebody sometimes and, because you're so upset. And I think it's kind of like that in politics. The gut takes over. And the, the pretty things of politics and the social networks and the conventions take over and the enjoyment of being part of a group that's going to conquer the other side. And that's not the Christian way. The Christian way is to love God and to act according to that. Well, and you gave like kind of a steps A, B, C, D, E, kind of a steps one, two, three, four, five, Christopher, in the beginning of the segment. Uh, You know, the first step out of the gate, you know, the first base is live the faith. And then after that, by living it habitually, by living it faithfully, Christopher, to your point, uh, we got to form our consciences. And I have been once, twice, Amen. or even three times during the during. The, I mean, I think four years ago, I did a segment. Maybe you were on it, but I, I, I know I did a segment, an entire segment on what we mean by the word conscience, what we mean by the phrase forming your consciences, and what that means in Christian anthropology. You know, when the Catholic Church says conscience, what does that mean? Because those things, you're right, as a priest, not just in the confessional, in a very public way, from the pulpit and counseling, I know in the school here, that word is confused. And man, does that confusion mm-hmm. get exploited during you know, po- the political race in the election season. People, people think it's what, what your instinct, your gut. What, what does your gut think? That's not the conscience at all. Um, and and so I'm, gl- I'm glad I, you brought I, that up I as a second you, step. As a convert, yeah, I can tell you as a convert, I was raised um, outside the Catholic faith, but I was raised to believe that my gut, my instincts, was my conscience, and mm-hmm. it was the, and it was the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is absolutely wrong. Um, and we need to uh, we need to, to teach um, our faithful and and non-Catholics to what is true conscience. What is, how does the Holy Spirit work in us? Uh, because that error, I think, has consequences. And we need to, if we look at the American political scene, we have to realize this has grown over 200 years from a certain type of American Protestant view. Um, and we're dealing with the consequences of it. And to that point, to our listeners, uh, you know, this is to give you an encouragement. Uh, but also a challenge. Uh, you know, the Catechism states it, that forming our consciences is a lifelong task. We're not done when we're 30, 40, 50, or 60. We're not done when we've ascribed wholeheartedly to a political party or a candidate. 
uh, as you know, Christopher, it's a lifelong task, and you would know that by by your education and your your conversion to the to the faith. Um, and it's a judgment of reason. It's about reason, not about our emotional our emotions in our belly and what we what, how you know our gut reaction. We're going to take a break here, Christopher. Uh, I'm I'm very engaged in this topic, and so are our listeners. Uh, please stay with us. We we get a few more minutes with you after this break. Uh, we appreciate your work you do for the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Uh, Christopher Dodson will be back. He's the executive director, listeners, and I'll be back along with Mike Kudrowski here on Real Presence Radio. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hello again, everyone. This is Mark Holcraft, Executive Director of Real Presence Radio. Thank you for calling in with your support during our fall live drive. We didn't quite reach our goal of $625,000 and still need your help. If you didn't get a chance to call in, it's not too late. Call 877-795-0122 or you can donate online at www.realpresenceradio.com. Again, thank you for your generous support of Real Presence Radio. Our mission continues only because of God's faithfulness and your generosity. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. We're back. Real Presence Live. Doing our best to bring you the love of our Lord, uh, the joy of the gospel, as our Holy Father often quotes uh, to you, wherever you're at, your kitchens, offices, your vehicles, uh, please please keep your eyes on the road. Uh, but we do hope that you can tune in as you're making those errands this Monday morning. It's a beautiful day out. Uh, Father Craig Holcalter here, your host, uh, along with Mike Kidrowski. And we're on, on live. Uh, we're, we're on air with Christopher Dodson. He is the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Uh, Christopher, we spoke, um, you know, the, 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 the true, the authentic view and understanding of one's conscience. Um, 
and you gave a great, and I'm going to use it if you don't mind. I want to use it at the pulpit in terms of these steps. Live the faith. Um, that's the first step. And through that, forming and educating our consciences um, before we move on to examining the candidates. But when we talk, Christopher, about these issues, these concrete issues, is you, is we're in the middle of this election cycle, and we look to our leaders, right? We look to them, and, and we do know that that's what the Catholic Church teaches. We look to the authoritative, te- authoritative teaching. We look to our bishops to help us and assist us with the formation of our consciences. Uh, what are uh, our bishops most concerned about, both Bishop Kagan and Bishop Folda here in North Dakota? Christopher, what are they most concerned about as uh, we cycle through here? Thanks. The, um, the bishops have identified certain issues, but before I run through them, I want to... There's another lesson here. Uh, Please. People ask us, where do, where do the candidates stand on these issues? Where do the candidates stand? Just tell me if, I, if where the Republican Party stands or the Democratic Party stands. Our bishops feel that is not their job. Our bishops feel that according to Catholic teaching, that is the job of the laity. <laughs> the bishops will help being involved in the world and being preachers and shepherds to identify the issues. But the laity needs to go out and ask those questions to the candidates. So we ask them in a form of questions. Here's what you should ask your candidate. And they fall into categories. First and foremost, human life. Abortion death penalty, assisted suicide, human embryo research, commercial surrogacy, uh, tax funding for those things, religious freedom. When I started this job 25 years ago, religious freedom wasn't even on the radar. That's interesting. And now it just it started coming up all the time, and now it's just prevalent threats to religious freedom. Um, family and education, you know, enabling parents to choose the best educational setting for their children. Um, is a family issue, and um, opposing policies that mandate the acceptance of false gender ideology. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue at the moment. Um, helping that make sure that COVID-19 relief um, includes non-public schools. I just got a letter today that they may be pulling back on that, um, unfortunately because the pandemic took care of children who were in public schools or private schools. The poor and the vulnerable. Priority options for the poor. I mean, that is part of our teaching. So, do priority for COVID relief, ensuring basic health care um, that respects the dignity and, uh, and conscious rights of health care workers, um, providing help to those in need for mental illness, addictions, all those that are the least among us, uh, restoring a uh, justice system that's fair and balanced, and um, Providing safe haven for refugees, um, that's a state issue to some degree. The same goes with immigration, too, on a federal level. And the economy and the environment, ensuring a just wage, economic initiative, um, the promoting family farms and rural communities. These are Catholic issues, making sure our food system is just, that people are paid um, and treated well throughout the food system, and protecting the rights of local communities. Uh, to manage their own affairs. That's what we call subsidiarity. And protecting our planet, our natural resources, to be stewards of creation. These are the type of issues that come up at the state level, and we need to ask 
um, our candidates about. Christopher, it's a long list, and I'm, and I'm glad you went through them all. I was taking notes, and I hope our listeners, if they were able to, and if they have a peaked interest in these these uh, these topics. But right away off the bat, I'm glad you made that distinction. Uh, the North Dakota bishops, uh, Bishop Kagan, Bishop Folda, and in fact, the universal teaching, you know, would be that it's the task and responsibility of the lady, you know, to to go after this formation in terms of uh, uh, forming our consciences in the right way. Uh, you said something, though, Christopher, I want to go after this. 25 years now, you know, two, two and a half decades in your role. Which of these issues seems not to change that you, uh, would you say that, you know, can you name a couple that are just ongoing and, and they're always, they're always on your shoulder. They're always a concern that they've been with you this whole time and perhaps it's hard to make progress. Can you identify those issues? Maybe that's a hard question. It is a hard question, but it reminds what Jesus said, the poor will always be with us mm. and that is true, and that is always a challenge. Um, my predecessor told me there's no other organization that's going to watch legislation that affects the poor. And a few years later, we had welfare reform coming down from the federal government that was passed onto the states, and she was right. It was a room full of people, but it was all about other parts of the law. Um, no one was there. Sometimes it's better in other sessions. Um, but there's no one just there to make sure the poor are treated with dignity in these programs, that they are treated as human persons and not cogs in the wheel. We have good people in the departments, you know, the agencies that care about that, but you need somebody to watch that. That has never changed in 25 years. Unfortunately, the issue of protecting unborn human life of course, has, it's always there, but it will, uh, it will, I know, change. <laughs> still have hope and belief. I know that will get better. And it is better in some respects than it was 25 years ago. Well, and and, and to that point, Christopher, beginning today, are uh, the hear, the hearings of, of the new appointee, uh, Amy Barnett. So, you know, Trump's uh, Trump's appointee. I don't know if we can get to that. I don't even know if it's legal on Real Presence Radio, but I just said it. So, um, but that that's a serious, I mean, talk about, Transition and talk about serious opportunity for change uh, with a Supreme Court appointee. Thoughts on that? It's one part of the whole puzzle. It's yeah. Building the culture of life is a, a lot of different pieces. Of course. You know, part of the philosophy has been when Roe v. Wade is overturned, it's going to be in the back page because no one cares because we've built up the culture of life so much. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're there yet. Um, unfortunately, focus a lot on Roe and not on making sure that no woman ever thinks about abortion in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, this is a great, that's a really healthy segue uh, into uh, encouraging our children. And when we say children, listeners, I mean, you know, eight to, you know, at the beginning of the use of reason, seven, eight years old until 18. And our older teenagers, young adults, as they're applying for colleges and they're going to cast their vote for the first time in their life here in a number of weeks, unless they've done it already, that is, that is a huge event. Um, I'm not saying it's a birthday, but, you know, for, those, for our young adults, our high school seniors, and, of course, I have a, a peaked interest in it as well being in a high school, but when they cast their vote for the first time, 
Your advice, Christopher. What do we do? Uh, first off, I'm gonna I'm gonna be selfish. What do we do in education in a Catholic school? What's your advice to parents? You know, in, in encouraging their children to become involved and active in bringing Jesus Christ and the gospel to the political arena. School and and home. Maybe we want to flip it. Home and school. What do we do with our youth, Christopher? Teach the love of Christ. I think that is what the Pope's new encyclical says. It's about a politics of love. We need to rethink about politics. And that is love for our neighbor. Love driven by the love of Christ. Uh, and we teach that. We're going to change so that we have a civilization of love, which is coming from Pope Benedict. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on a more practical level, we also need to teach them that it's not all about voting. So much happens after voting. You don't cast your vote think I've done my obligation as a Christian. You cast your vote and then get involved in the political process. Sign up for our legislative network. Get involved in your community somehow. Because there's different ways that we're called to engage and exercise a political responsibility. You're you're completely on point. So much happens, folks. Let's not let's not be consumed by TV and commercials and debates. So much happens that it's one day. Yes, it's huge, and, and I hope I'm not misconstruing your message, Christopher. Uh, we're gonna have to break here in just a minute, but that is huge. So much happens. It's a lifestyle. It's not a single action on a given day during the election cycle. But mm-hmm. so much happens after that voting day. Uh, parting words, we got about 45 seconds, Christopher. Parting words as we're just three weeks away from the election. Uh, please check out our website on this issue, yourfaithyourvote.org. 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 Lots of helpful resources for those that want to bring Christ to uh, the polls, that want to bring Christ to the political scene. Christopher, thanks a lot for your wisdom, for your vision, for your insight. Uh, we will pray for you and for your prudence and your leadership as you lead the North Dakota Catholic Conference as the executive director. Uh, please be well and, and be safe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, Mike, I appreciate guys like Christopher Dotson. He has a tough job, and and it's I in my little world uh, just see the difficulty we have. Uh, perhaps we can talk more about it after this break, listeners. But I do hope you took some notes. I do hope you follow those steps. The first step is to live your faith. And that's exactly what this radio station is all about, living your faith. We'll be back after this break. Much more to come. We're halfways. Don't touch the dial.